opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. Welcome to Get the Funk Out. I'm your host, Janine, and this is KCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Hope nobody's in a funk this Monday morning. My big dilemma. I'm wearing pigtails. Couldn't really quite get the headphones on this morning. Crazy. Sheldon's probably like, what are you, out of your mind? (laughs) All right. So I have two very special guests. Christy Spooner is standing by to join us. Uh, She's going to talk about a rare genetic disease that has affected her family and her foundation that she started called the Spooner Foundation, and I'll let her tell you more about that. Uh, Here to join us is Christy Spooner. Good morning, Christy. Good morning. Thanks so much for calling in. Yeah, thank you for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Well, as a mom, I I can't even imagine what you possibly had gone through when you first started thinking, what is wrong with my child? Yes. Uh, When did this all come about? Well, we have um, Callie, our oldest, who is a senior at high school, Tesoro High School, and she's in special education. Mm-hmm. And um, when she was born about nine months old, she's 16 now, so at nine months old, um, the doctors told us that she wasn't hitting her milestones. She couldn't sit up on her own, and we noticed she couldn't crawl. She would drag her legs. She couldn't. Um, we had to strap her in a high chair to keep her, her body sitting upright. So oh it was very scary, and she was our first child, so obviously we didn't know what to expect, but our doctor pretty much said, you know, there's something wrong. We need to start checking this out. And she was having, like, seizure-like movements where it looked like she was having seizures where her eyes would roll back in her head and she would do it, go into convulsions. And so during that time, we, we started getting tests done and just opened up the door to the world of hospitals and doctors <laughs> oh, <laughs> trying endless. to, you know, what they call it, a diagnosis, uh, the odyssey, you know, trying to search for a diagnosis. And um, that's when it all started, when she was nine months old. That's really scary. Yeah, I mean, you don't know was, what you're dealing with. Yeah, it was a very, very scary. And, you know, the search for a diagnosis went on for 14 years. We, we went from, you know, different hospitals all the way to actual to Minnesota to the Mayo Clinic and met with several different doctors and even inside of our health um, network, our health insurance network, and outside of our insurance network, just trying to find somebody that knew answers. And um, no, one, no one for 14 years knew um, and so it just was, it was extremely, extremely scary and frustrating trying to find out what was wrong. Now, were they trying to medicate her, or how, what were you doing to, along the way? Yes, we, we tried all different sorts of stuff, different um, natural medications. You know, they tried her on seizure medications at first, but mm-hmm. then we ended up having MRIs done that showed that she was not having seizures after all, that we couldn't figure out what those movements were. She eventually, about um, 18 months old, grew out of those movements where oh. she wasn't shaking as much. Um, to this day, her muscles tremor. So if you sit with her on the couch, you know, her legs are up on top uh, on your lap. You can feel her muscles still shaking inside. Okay. But she doesn't have those actual big movements. So we didn't, we didn't put her on the seizure medication, obviously, because that makes you a zombie, you know. So we tried mm-hmm. all different types of medications, and really it's just all about, you know, keeping her on a healthy diet. And over the years, we've found things that work for her. But she's, you know, just right now, she's on different um, supplements. 
You know, uh, I've read a lot about nutrition. It's a, a big interest of mine. And would you say there are some things that cause inflammation and agitate? You know, you know, not for our particular disease. Um, you know, right now, um, now that we're diagnosed, we, we do have her on a high-protein diet just mm-hmm. because our doctors have proven that with her diagnosis that a high-protein diet is um, maybe beneficial. It's a, it's a try. Okay. <laughs> it's worth a try. But I haven't found that anything in particular causes any issues other than sugar, I would definitely say, right. within any child causes, um, you know, can cause them to be hyperactive or, right. you know, not to be able to learn as quickly. What about gluten? Because kids with ADHD tend to stay off gluten. You know, we haven't had that issue so much. Um, we haven't had so much, you know, honestly, my older daughter doesn't even really like gluten stuff. So That's good. It's, it hasn't really been an issue. But, yeah, we haven't really had to deal with that with our particular disease. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Could you explain a little bit more about it? Because sure. uh, it's, it's, quite, it's really interesting. Yeah, absolutely. So after, like I said, 14 years we searched for a diagnosis, um, our middle daughter, Raylan, was born. And she was fine. And then our third daughter, Ryan, was born, and the same thing exactly happened. At nine months old, she started having the same symptoms. And so we went back to researching and finding out. And at that point, um, we got, got, got connected with rare disease foundations, and we knew we had a rare disease, but we didn't know what it was. And um, then exome sequencing came about, so it became available where they can actually sequence your whole gene. Instead of just asking, you know, do you have this disease, do you have this disease, and testing it genetically, mm-hmm. they can actually test your whole genome. So now we were very fortunate because it's not always successful, but from exome sequencing they found out that our two daughters have what's called a mitochondrial disease. And it's, it's NUBPL is their gene that's mutated. So mm-hmm. basically they've inherited, my husband and I have one copy of the NUBPL that is um, damaged. And basically because we're together, my husband and I, oh. they, two of our daughters inherited both copies. So that's one daughter did not and two daughters inherited both copies. So they have that mutated gene, the NUBPL, which mitochondrial disease is basically their cells don't produce enough energy okay. to function correctly. So their cells in their body aren't, um, func- aren't functioning correctly, which, which for them is affecting their brain. A lot of mitochondrial diseases affect different organs in the body, mm-hmm. but there, for them it's, it's a very rare form, and it's called complex one deficiency. And basically a protein in their mitochondrial, the mitochondrial is the powerhouse of your cell. It's the organ of every single cell of your body, right. and they're, they're lacking a protein, complex one. So your protein, has, there's, there's several proteins, there are hundreds of proteins in every single cell of your body. So it's very, very interesting and opens up, yes. you become part of like a scientific world that you never really expected to be in. <laughs> now, who finally but, explained this to you? Our geneticists, because once oh. they found the diagnosis, um, they, my husband and I went in and met with them and a genetic team and they, set, they explained everything to us. And then, obviously, we had to go online and start researching it yes. and find, finding out exactly. Because, you know, of course, when you're hearing it from the doctor, it's like everything is just coming at you at once to think, oh, my gosh, we finally have a diagnosis. And then everything else is kind of, you know, blurry from there because you're just so in shock of, oh, my gosh, yes. after 14 years, we have a diagnosis. Oh, my gosh. So we've right. done a lot of research since then. And now, um, you know, we're, we're definitely part of, like, the United Mitochondrial Foundation. Okay. So you learn a lot as as once you know what world you're in and once you have a diagnosis, you definitely start to research it and learn much more about it. Now, I would think, is, this, is there a very small percentage of people that have this? 
Our particular form of the mitochondrial disease, yes. When we were diagnosed, there was only four other families published, uh, meaning doctors that have published their diagnosis. Um, so once since we've been diagnosed, now that exome sequencing is more, um, more people, more families are becoming available to it. More families are doing it. Mm-hmm. Now we found since then three other families in the United States that have our disease. So we've become very close with one family, um, and we're, we both share stories and we we talk and, and help each other and we talk online and we talk on the phone. So it's very nice to have somebody that we can connect with. Mm-hmm. And then the other two families um, have been pretty distant. One family doesn't want to share their information. So, which to me is, I don't understand why. I mean, I would rather share and, and right. learn from each other. Yes. But, um, but yeah, we've, we finally have started to find more families. And I think our disease is so rare, unless you get exome sequencing, you cannot get diagnosed with this disease. Could you explain exome sequencing to people? Yes, that don't exome understand? sequencing is basically when, when you get genetically tested in the past, you'd have to go to the geneticist and give vials of blood. So, our daughters both have given vials and vials of blood saying, do you have this rare disease? Do you have this rare disease? And you have to actually ask and test for that specific disease. So we had we went to every single different family of rare diseases and asked, do we have this disease? So we'd have to get test after test after test. I see. Exome sequencing, actually, they take your blood and they can test the whole genome, so all your genes together, and they can look for the mutated gene. So it's, it's just a new advanced technology that just became, just became uh, I think, available four years ago. Okay. And so more and more families now are starting to get this exome sequencing and that have been undiagnosed for years. So it's, 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 very, it's very wonderful. And Ambry Genetics did ours, and they have done an amazing job just really reaching awareness and, and providing this for families. So it's, it's, a, it's a very, very awesome new technology that's available now. That's really interesting. Yes. You know? Yeah. Now, the um, NUBPL, mm-hmm. now that, is that something, did you know any other family members on either of your sides that c- could have had issues, health issues? No, we, oh. neither one of us have anything like this in our family. Um, now that we've, there's a, there's a lab out, a hospital out in New York that mm-hmm. actually found me from my blog, and they are studying Parkinson's disease, and Parkinson's mm-hmm. actually is the same gene mutation. So when they found me, they, we've been talking, and they actually, now we've gone back in our family, and we've noticed some of our family members, my husband and I both, have family members that have what's called essential tremor, where they have, like, tremor in their hands or tremor mm-hmm. in their head, mm-hmm. but nothing as severe as Parkinson's, but this essential tremor is the same gene mutation as Parkinson's. So now we're finding out that this gene mutation may be in our family, and obviously it is because my husband and I both carry one mutated copy of it. Right. But right. it's extremely rare. They said, our doctors told us when we were, like, we, it's more common to win the lottery twice uh-huh. than it is to meet somebody with the same mutated gene. Like, it's extremely rare that we met each other and now we're here. So I feel like, you know, yes. in, in the grand scheme of things, as, as hard as it is to have, you know, be fighting this rare disease, I feel like it's my job to be a voice because yes. it's kind of like, We've been put here for a reason, you know. Oh, that's great. And yeah. so that led you to form the Spooner Girls Foundation? Yes. So we, we started the Spooner Girls Foundation um, just to be able to raise money to support us finding a cure. And we work with UCI Hospital. Um, mm-hmm. Dr. Kimonis is our geneticist, and we've been donating our money to her so far because we she's done a lot of great work with mitochondrial disease research. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of different opportunities, such as they can actually create a mouse model of our disease where they have they inject the disease into the colony of mice and try different diets and exercise programs and different medications on the mice to see 
what's going to actually be to work to find a cure. So there's different things we were raising money for, and obviously it's not cheap. <laughs> it's very expensive to, to actually re- to be able to house a colony of mice. So that's our goal right now is to be able to just continue to raise money and, and raise awareness um, for NUBPL and, and bring more families to get this exome sequencing so that they, we can find more families because obviously being rare, it's very hard to get research dollars and very hard to you know, get help if we're just one family or, or four families in the world, you know, that, that, yes. that are here. So we really need to spread awareness and, and with, bring more families together with this disease. What's interesting is you were saying there's no specific drug to treat this. Is that correct? There is not. There's two trial drugs right now that are in process. And the family that I told you that I've been speaking to closely, they actually are in one of the trials. They're, they're, they're um, trying it now. So you don't know if you have the placebo. So mm-hmm. in a trial drug, they have a group of people that, that they give placebo to, which is an, an, it, obviously nothing, yes. and then they give another group the actual trial drug. So they're actually just started it right now, and it's for mitochondrial disease in general, not just for our disease, but it basically okay. they're trying to give the cells more energy in the body. So it would help anybody with a mitochondrial disease. And um, we just signed up with San Diego State University because they're starting another trial drug, so we're on the waiting list and we're actually going down to take the girls, Callie and Ryan, to an all-day testing day next Thursday down there, and they're going to take, you know, all day to test them to see if they're eligible for this trial drug. So there's a lot of exciting things happening, but it's just just the beginning. Now, how are they doing with all this? You know, they've been through an incredible roller coaster ride of health issues. Yes, Callie, our oldest, is, she's a little, she's more cognitively delayed, mm-hmm. so she doesn't really understand what's going on. You know, she's happy in school. She's like a teenager. She likes to be around her friends. She can't read or write, mm-hmm. or, um, you know, she can't do the things. I'm, I'm sure she would love to, you know, get on Facebook and type mm-hmm. to her friends. <laughs> I mean, and she would love to have more intense conversations, but you can see it in her eyes. She's excited to be around her friends, and she smiles and does her, you know, but she's, she's happy. We keep her healthy and happy. She's okay with giving blood and doing mm-hmm. tests. She's more, of like, calm about it, I think, because she's done it all her life. Yes. Our youngest one is a pistol. She does not like, I mean, we had to... We did some testing at UCI Hospital, and it was like it took five nurses to even Aww. just take one vial of blood. Like, she does mm-hmm. not like it. So it's, it's challenging with, with her um, yeah. because I think she's just a little bit more aware of what's going on, and no kid likes needles, no. <laughs> you know? I, I, I so. still don't like needles. So. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So it's more challenging. I'm not, definitely not looking forward to our day at San Diego State, but it's, yeah. we have to do it, and it, it's going to, you know, it provides hope for us for something in the future that may be able right. to provide them with a better quality of life. So we have to, we have to, unfortunately, put them through a day of it just to right. kind of move forward, you know. <laughs> so you maybe afterwards you take them somewhere downtown San Diego. Is exactly, it's exactly. Beautiful. Well, definitely ice cream is promised. Oh, there you go. <laughs> That's just, always promised after, see, after, after down needles there. ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's a good one. That's a good one. It's interesting that you describe the treatment as a cocktail of vitamins and enzymes. Um, could you talk a little bit about that? Sure. So the only thing available right now for mitochondrial disease, um, like I said, there's a couple trial drugs just starting, just become available, but trial drugs take years to even mm-hmm. be out to public. Um, so the only thing available to all these hundreds of mitochondrial diseases is what's called a mitochondrial cocktail. Okay. And it's basically a cocktail of vitamins um, such as CoQ10, oh. um, levocarnitine, vitamin B. Um, there's, there's several different vitamins that and enzymes that the doctors have found out that helps the energy in the cells. 
So that's the only thing available right now, and they call it the mitochondrial cocktail. And I, I send mine to a compound pharmacist right. that makes it, um, you know, we pay for them to compound it into one liquid for us. And then we mix the other couple liquids that we get, um, you know, and we just give them every three times a day we have to, you know, measure out these, these liquid vitamins and enzymes to give to them to hopefully help them. But it's not proven a cure, but it helps the energy of the cells. Good. So that's what we're doing so far. Right. Listen, you got to try different things and, you know, go yes. with your gut kind of thing. Every single thing that's available to us or, or asked of us, we, we definitely take part in anything that we can do to help them. That's great. Yes. Now, we had talked offline, because the theme of the show is Get the Funk Out, I can only imagine the funk that you have gone through. I mean, I, I mentioned I'm a mom, and I've had issues with my, my daughter being sick, but not compared to what you've gone through. How do you deal with the lows, you know, of going and trying to stay strong and positive? You know, honestly, um, we had a documentary done. Um, it's The Life We Live, Doc. Um, and it's, it was really, you know, sharing our story. Mm-hmm. And Amber Genetics produced it for us, and it's a beautiful documentary. And honestly, it's sharing our story has been the most rewarding and, and the needed, needed support I need. For me, I need to share my story. I need people around me, you know, my family, my friends, like even people, you know, our, our page that we created for Spooner Girls Foundation, you know, the 1,100 people on there, I may not know half of them, but it's just, right. even just sharing our story is what keeps me going because I feel like, I feel like it's going to, I've had so many different moms contact me and say, you know what, you inspired me, like, please help me with this. And, and it's just, that's what keeps me going, you know, and, and seeing my girls happy and strong and being able to turn something negative into a positive of being able to inspire others and, and being able to hopefully find a cure and, and keep fighting for that mm-hmm. is really, it's just, it gives you a goal and you set your mind to it and you just keep having hope yes. for a better future for all of these kids and all these kids fighting with rare disease. And it's just important, I think, just to keep strong and, and keep a hopeful attitude and, and share your story and, and, and connect with other families that are going through the same thing. I think it's great because I'm actually of the mindset that you shouldn't keep things inside because right. it's not healthy for you. Right. You know? I agree. Yeah. I agree. And, you know, and it's scary and it's scary and it's hard and you don't know what to expect. And if you don't share your story, you don't know, you know, what others are going through. And it's, it's just a support system. And, you know, it takes a village and to raise a child and it takes an even bigger village to fight a rare disease and to stay strong and positive within yes. the rare disease world. Yes. So, you know, I'm, I'm a huge advocate for that. I think it's great. And um, if people want more information about the documentary, would they go to SpoonerGirls.com? Yes, SpoonerGirls.com. And the documentary is there. All of our um, articles, newspaper articles, everything that we've gone through is posted on there. And a link to donate to, you know, help find a cure. All of that's on our website, SpoonerGirls.com. And if people want to contact you, is there an email on there as well? Yes, absolutely. And I am all for that. Like I said, I mean, connecting with families and contacting me is, is I'm an open book. So definitely. That's great. Any last bit of advice you'd like to share with people that are going through some tough times with their kids' health issues, things like that? I would just say don't be scared to share your story and don't be scared to reach out that, you know, even if you feel like somebody else might not want to know, we do. You know, we have to stick together. And, and I think that, you know, and it's, it's best to share your information and continue to have hope. And there's, you know, there is, there is hope in the future, and technology and medicine is advancing every day. Yes. And just, you know, keep going. Keep staying strong. That's great. Uh, Christy, thank you so much for calling into the show. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Okay, take care. Okay, you Bye-bye. too. Bye-bye. 
That was Christy Spooner talking about uh, what she has gone through with her family. It's a rare genetic disease that has actually affected her children. And if you want more information about it, everything is up on my blog, which is getthefunkoutshow.kci.org. And within an hour or so, I'll have this complete interview up on my blog. And also, uh, be sure, if you'd like to visit her website, it's www.spoonergirls.com.